What has the power to make tender, loving parents into vein-popping, neck-bulging, screaming adults who say the same thing over and over and over and over again to the face of their elementary kids, to, their, to, the, to the young adults that are living in their houses? What has the power to make good friends that are passionate lovers into cold, critical marriage coexisters who only do what is absolutely necessary to live under the same roof? What has the power to turn a festive family gathering into a gut-twisting, name-calling, take-sides family feud that never gets resolved? What has the kind of power that turned normal human beings, on, the, on which most days they're, they're good people, they turn them into people that shut down, people that leak anger, and into people that explode. What has that kind of power? Well, it's our emotions, and more so it's anger. Anger. And I'm not that angry of a person most days. Honey, we can talk about this later. <laughs> but sometimes we don't even know that we're angry. Sometimes we're like an iceberg where some of us kind of bottle it up. Most of the iceberg is underneath the water, so you can't see it. But it hurts. And it can be detrimental. So it brings me to James 1, 19 through 20 says this, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. We all know this one, right? My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why? Here's the why. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Anger happens when I'm frustrated, when I'm wounded, when there is an unmet need, when someone cuts me off in traffic, when someone ticks me off, when I can't make enough money to, to pay a bill, when God doesn't come through, when expectations for my wife aren't met. Emotions, they begin to bottle up, and we get angry. Now, we all express it in many different ways, but a great majority of us, like I said, don't even know that we're angry. But anger is a perfectly normal emotion. However, it can ruin relationships. Relationships with God, your relationship with your spouse, with family members, your friends, especially if we don't identify what they are and how to deal with it or how to turn it in a way that God can work in our hearts instead of spewing and stuffing or leaking out anger that continues to ruin relationships. See, when we get so angry, it can cause the most destructive consequences. So what I have is I have a little 
common reasons, I stole this off the internet, why all of us feel angry. This is just some of them, okay? I want you to think if, if this ever makes you angry. When someone cuts you off in line, someone misunderstood what you said. Someone ignored your feelings. You just got through a breakup in a relationship. You feel trapped, smothered, or controlled. You feel like a failure. Someone broke your trust. You were abused by someone. Someone lied to you. You had to wait in a very long, long, long checkout line in Walmart. Your kids are not obeying you. The waitress is super slow, and they brought you the wrong food. You stubbed your toe. You find it is too late that you are out of toilet paper. <laughs> that could be a bad one. The line in the public restroom is very long. Your spouse didn't call you, and they were really late. The clothes you wanted to wear are still in the laundry hamper. Honey, no comments. Your spouse has been unfaithful. You ran out of time and couldn't get the things done you needed to. You drove all the way across town to find that the store you needed to go to was closed. Your kids continually demand time from you. You forget to do something you were supposed to do. You don't have time for yourself. Someone said something harsh or unsensitive. The checkout lady was rude. You were in a hurry and hit all the red lights. Your boss doesn't appreciate you. You just cleaned your house, and your spouse comes home to make it dirty again. I'm really good at that. The driver in front of you is going super, 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 super slow. Someone close to you died. Does that not happen to all of us? It happens to all of us. And we get angry. What I'm trying to say is that angry isn't a bad or good thing, but warning, under pressure, we are all prone to blow a fuse or burn down the house. Whether it's financial pressure, relational pressure, screaming kids, non-obeying dog. Our dog does that sometimes. Doesn't listen. It makes me upset. Or you just did the laundry and now there's all of a sudden seven more piles of laundry. Bless my wife for doing the laundry. She's awesome at that. Me, not so good. I'm good at making the laundry. Very good at that. You know, sometimes there's days where I wear three outfits and I didn't even know that. My wife had to point that out to me. Because when I wake up, I work out, clothes, laundry. Then I go to work and then I come back home. I change into shop clothes because I go to the shop and have to clean and I don't want to get grease on my nice clothes, you know, so there's another pair and it's just, I didn't even know that. And then I have to go get pajamas on too at the end of the day. That's a lot of clothes. No wonder we have a lot of clothes. And we want to have children. It's going to be exciting, honey. It's going to be very exciting. Or you just give a big gift of faith and find out that you need a new vehicle. These are some more pressures that we're all under. Or if you just look at the news, at what's happening to America. We feel a lot of pressure. 
And sometimes there's just a little shortage in the wire. Kind of like if there's a shortage of wire at your house. You know, you leave the house and you come back and all of a sudden there's no house and it's just ashes. It can go off at any time. You don't know. Sometimes we're like that. So what we need to do is we need to take a look at anger from God's perspective. What's the definition of anger? Anger is neither good nor bad. It is a charged, morally neutral emotional response of protective preservation. So when you're mad, it's not good or bad, but it's a charged emotion that that is there to protect someone or something. Now, there's two types of anger. There can be anger that's positive and there can be anger that's negative. Now, let's look at positive. Positive anger. It can be healthy emotion that motivates us to correct attitudes, behaviors, or injustices that we perceive to be wrong. That's a good use of anger, right? Like when um, David heard the giant talking about God. He's saying, Why are you talking about my God that way? And what did he do? He did something. He was upset. Or when Martin Luther King Jr., he was upset that black people weren't being treated the same fairly as white people. He got angry. What did he do? He did something about it, right? And it was something that was great. Would you agree? Please say yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier when we follow along that way. Just it's easier to preach than to, I don't know. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 26 through 27 says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. This is a command. When you're angry, do not sin. Right? You can be angry, don't sin. You can be angry, don't sin. It doesn't say don't be angry. So it's okay to be angry. It's okay for us to, to get upset. We should get angry. In fact, I'm going to suggest that some of us don't get angry enough. We don't get angry enough at, at, at things that are happening in our world, such as abortion. We should, that should be something that we get angry about, right? Amen. And it's something that we should stand up for and fight for. See, so we can use that anger to be a positive impact on what's going on. Jesus got mad at the money changers, and he did something about it. Like I said earlier, David got angry and said, hey, what's going on? Why is that giant saying this about my God? And he did something about it. Moses got angry when he saw that people sinned, and he did something about it. What's something that gets you angry? But if we unconsciously think that getting angry is a sin and it's bad, we are undermining what the, the possibilities that God has for us using those emotions. Because remember, it's nor good nor bad. It is a God-given gift to be angry. But there's always a negative. There's always a negative. And for some reason, this negative is much longer than the positive too. Because we tend to to get angry and, and use it in negative ways. At least I do. I'm not talking about anyone else here. You guys probably don't, but I do. I used anger in negative ways. And this is what can happen. It can be an unhealthy and destructive emotional response to protect us from real or perceived hurt, frustration, or personal attack. 
If we go to the book of Proverbs 19.19, we listen to one of the most wise men out there. Very smart, very humbling, but he's got a lot of wisdom. And it says this, a hot-tempered man must pay the penalty. If you rescue him, you will have to do it again. See, when people learn to deal with their anger in an unhealthy way, it starts to become a pattern when we keep doing it and we keep doing it and we keep doing it the same way, it starts to become a pattern. And then in Proverbs 22, 24, do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered. So not only is it a pattern, but it's also contagious. So if we were to be around someone with a hot temper, it's contagious. Have you ever gotten one of those arguments when your brother says something that is completely against you and then you're like, no, that's not what I, no, we should do it this way. Caden, you understand, right? I'm always right, because I'm older. He should listen. No. (laughs) But it becomes contagious, and then it just starts to get to be this bickering match, back and forth. No, I'm right. No, I'm right. We should do it this way. No, I want to do it this way. And it goes back and forth. And finally, Proverbs 29, 22 says, An angry man stirs up dissension, and a hot-tempered one commits many sin. See, anger can split apart relationships. It can split great marriages, great friendships. It can split great churches. It can split great ministries. It can split great workplaces. And when we get angry, we do some of the most foolish things. Very, very foolish things. And like I said earlier, some of us don't even show anger. Some of us bottle it inside. So what I want to talk about is what Chip Ingram talks about. And he says that there's three types of anger. There's three masks that people wear of anger, okay? It is spewers. Say spewers. They are stuffers. And they are leakers. Should we try that again? Spewers. Stuffers and leakers. See, I think that's great terminology because I can relate. We expressed our anger in such a wide variety of ways that many people assume anger is not an issue in their life. See, I didn't think much that it was much of an issue in my life because I wasn't all that angry all the time. I thought I was a pretty happy guy for the most part. I'm, I'm kind of the optimistic kind of guy. I see the glass half full. It's going to be all right. It's going to be good. But actually, I was, I was angry at some things. I was really angry. So, we're going to look at spewers. You guys ready to look at spewers? What we're going to do is we're going to walk through these, and I'm going to tell you what they fear, what their results are, and what they need. So, spewers. There's two types of spewers. They're exploding time bombs that are out of control, and they are calculated time bombs. You know, they're, they're precise. They're like, okay, this is what I need to do, and this is when I'm going to do it because it's going to be very fitting. Their message is that anger is necessary. Anger is necessary. But their reaction to it is, you bet I'm mad, so you better do this or else. Do as I say or else. And their reason for this is because they have a false sense of power, They release emotion, they feel unable to control anger, and they have poor impulse control. 
So how do they blow up? They yell, scream, push, shove, kick, intimidate. They're overly opinionated. They're overly blunt. They're forceful. They're demanding. And they're repetitive. They're repetitive. So when I get in anger, uh, actually, no, let's not talk about me. Let's talk about your guys' household because it's way more uncomfortable when I talk about my household. So say you're in, a, in an argument with your spouse, okay? You're in an argument and you're talking. And it's a, it's a Christian argument, so it's healthy. It's okay, right? So there's no arguing. There's no, like, screaming or cussing or shoving or pushing, it, pushing it or anything like that. And what happens is you're talking and you're kind of going back and forth. And all of a sudden, my wife says, you know, you said that like five times. It's like, yeah, but it's, it's, it's the point I want to come across. And she says, I, don't, I can hear you okay. I can hear you okay. What you're, you don't have to tell me it 700 times. And I tend to keep saying the same thing because I want that point to be put across. I mean, you want to, that point to be put across. Sorry, we're not talking about me. You want that point to be put across to your spouse, so you say it over and over again, and they're like, I can hear you just fine. I'm not deaf. So what are the results of this? They wound themselves and others, a loss of control and power, a false sense of, of power. They, have, they feel remorse. They have a huge, they feel guilty, like, You'd feel guilty after that. You might want to get revenge. You have violent behavior, and often you have a lot of regrets. I tend to do that. Like, God, that was something really stupid. I didn't need to say it like that. So what do they need? What do spewers need? They need to develop a longer fuse. They need to be able to control their anger. Unconsciously, they give themselves this permission of saying, you know what, you made me angry because you did this. But the fact is, no one makes you angry. You can choose to respond or not respond. You can choose to respond or not to respond. So let me ask you some of these questions. Have you ever done something you wished you hadn't when you were angry? Have you ever said something you wish you could take back when you were angry? Yep. Have you ever made a really bad decision when you were angry? Have you ever ruined a family relationship, a friendship, or a ministry relationship because of anger? Have you ever seen someone hurt because of someone's anger, physically, emotionally, or psychologically? We struggle with anger. So, what I want to do is I want you to see if you're a spewer. I'm going to List off some of these things, and all I want you to do is respond with a yes or a no, okay? You can keep track, of, keep track on your fingers, or your spouse will do it for you, actually. So either way, either way. Okay, just a quick yes or no. Don't say it out loud. You don't have to raise your hand. Just, just think of this on your own. I can be blunt and forceful when someone does something to frustrate me. Yes or no? As I speak, my convictions, my voice becomes increasingly louder. Yes or no? When someone confronts me about a problem, I am likely to offer a ready rebuttal. Yes or no? No one has to guess my opinion. I'm known for having unwavering viewpoints. 
When something goes wrong, I focus so sharply on fixing the problem that I overlook others' feelings. Honey, you don't have to hold up your fingers for me. This is, I already know, I, I know, I know. You don't have to nod your head up and down. I know, I understand. I, I did this, I know which one I am. I have a history of getting caught in bickering matches with family members, yes or no. During a verbal disagreement with someone, I tend to repeat myself several times. I find it hard to keep my thoughts to myself when it's obvious that someone else is wrong. I have a reputation for being strong-willed. And ten, I tend to give advice even when others have not asked for it. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have about five of those, welcome to the Spewer Club. The Spewer Club. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. I am a spewer, but God is working on me, okay? I promise. He is working on me. That's what a spewer is. So let's go to a stuffer. By the way, if you're a spewer, I mean, it's not to say to pick a mask. These are all human things. They happen, okay? This, this is how we respond with anger. And it's not like, I wish I was a stuffer so I could be angry, but no one would know about it, no one would hear about it, but I could be super angry. No, it's not that. It's just this is the way that we respond when we're angry, and it's okay. It's just completely natural. So let's look at stuffers. There's two types. Those who repress, they deny and void, and those who suppress, they pretend to stuff. Okay? Their message is anger is wrong. Anger is wrong. Their reaction, are you angry? Angry? Me? No. I'm not angry. This is why they're afraid. They think it's bad or a sin to be angry. They fear God's wrath. They feel a loss of control and making a fool of themselves. They fear rejection by others. They don't like to feel guilty. And when they get angry, they feel guilty. Something they experienced anger in their past has been scary, so they try to avoid anger if possible. They fear retaliation, punishment, or consequences, and the outcome of expressing their anger. So how do stuffers stuff anger? By ignoring it, shielding it, pretending they aren't angry, they avoid it, or they bury it. Or they bury it. Paul Meyer said 95% of depression is people not knowing that they are angry and burying it. Think of that for a second. 95. Now, there's clinical depression, there's other things, but 95% of depression is people not knowing they are angry and burying it. My wife, she's a stuffer. She's a stuffer. And her husband, being a spewer, you know, I know Ephesians, the verse, you know, don't go to bed angry, don't go to bed angry. So I'm like, honey, honey, let's figure, let's figure this out. Let's, let's fight right now. Let's get it over and done with so we can go to bed and we can be free, okay? That's what I want. And she's, you know, she withdraws. She's like, no, I'm fine. It's okay. Even though she's like turned with her back to me and, and crying. I'm like, we got to figure this out. We got to get this done now. We got to do it right now because then tomorrow, you know, it's a new day. We can start over. Let's, let's just, let's duke it out right now. But bless her heart. 
She's very patient with me. So what's the result of a stuffer? They become doormats. They get taken advantage of. They redirect anger at themselves. They develop physical ailments like headaches, ulcers, those kind of things. They occasionally erupt. And finally, they have resentment. But what do they need? What do stuffers need? Come over here, honey. This is, this is what we need. Accept that anger is normal. Acknowledge their fears. Learn to communicate anger effectively. Become assertive with their needs. It's okay to have real needs and wants. And be clear about what they will and will not do. So, who wants to see if they're a stuffer? Quick yes or no. I am very image conscious. I don't like to let others know my problems. Even when I feel very flustered, I portray myself publicly as having it all together. I am rather reserved about sharing my problems or frustrations. If a family member or friend upsets me, I can let days pass without even mentioning it. I have a tendency to be depressed and moody. Resentful thinking is common for me, although many people would never suspect it. I have suffered with physical complaints, headaches, stomach aches, sleep irregularity. There are times when I wonder if my opinions or preferences are really valid. Sometimes I feel paralyzed when confronted by an unwanted situation. And 10, I often feel guilty about little things, especially when someone is upset with me. So if you have five of those, you're, you're probably a stuffer. Now, some of you are thinking, okay, I had five over there with the spears, and I have five over here with the stuffers. What in the world? Well, don't worry. It, you probably have a primary one, but we all have some of these feelings. We all feel some of these in a way. See, when we get angry, it puts a roadblock on intimacy. When we get angry, it puts a roadblock on intimacy. And it, whether it's intellectual intimacy, physical intimacy, or emotional intimacy. And we have to deal with those things because it'll continue to build and continue to build. And guess what? Relationships ruined. And that's no fun. So last but not least, let's look at leakers. Everyone say leakers. This is fun. Their message, showing anger is wrong. They can be angry, but showing anger is wrong. Their reaction, angry? Not me. Well, maybe a little bit. That's their reaction, okay? The, the scientific term, I guess, would be passive-aggressive. So there's two types, direct and indirect leakers. They think it's bad or sinful to be angry. They fear God's wrath. They fear lose a loss of control. Losing it may make them look foolish. They have a fear of rejection. Others won't like them if they get angry, and they don't like to feel guilty. So if you look, leakers and stuffers are very similar. Leakers and stuffers are very similar. Their result, they develop a false sense of power. They aggravate those around them and weaken relationships. They become critical and negative, become isolated. They're very, very, very sarcastic. They're often late. They withdraw. They forget and they avoid issues. 
know, sometimes they'll know, like, hey, they want me to be on time, I'm going to be late just so I can irritate them, just so I can make them a little bit mad. Or I won't do this because I know that this will make them really mad. I won't take out the garbage on purpose. That was never my intentions, mom and dad. I just always forgot. I was young. What they need, they need to know that anger is okay and normal, to acknowledge fears and seek to minimize them in their life, communicate their anger effectively. They need to become more assertive. They think everyone should be able to read their minds, and if they don't, then they're doing something wrong, and then they'll punish them for not reading their minds and doing what they thought they should have done, even though they didn't tell them. It's confusing, right? It happens. They need to be clear about what they will and will not do, so they're very similar to the stuffers but they tend to be flaky at times. It makes people crazy. They are the procrastinators. See, I tend to be a procrastinator. I'm really good at that. How do they leak? By not following through with their commitments or promises, by not letting their yes be yes and their no be no. Let's find out if you're a leaker, shall we? If I can find it. Quick yes or no. When I am frustrated, I become silent, knowing it bothers others around me. I am prone to pout. Yes or no. When I don't want to do a project, I will procrastinate. I can be lazy. When someone asks if I'm frustrated, I will lie and say, no, everything's fine. There are times when I am deliberately evasive so others won't bother me. I sometimes approach work projects half-heartedly. When someone talks to me about my problems, I stare straight ahead deliberately, obstinate. I am often sarcastic and hide my real hurts behind jokes. I complain about people behind their backs, but resist the opportunity to be open with them face to face. I sometimes refuse to do someone a favor, knowing this will irritate him or her. If you have five of those, you're a leaker. There's nothing wrong with being a leaker, a stuffer, or a spewer. But there is something wrong when we get angry and we use that anger to get back at someone. When we use that anger to do something negative, when we're there to hurt someone. So what I want you to do is I want, want you to answer five simple questions. I have five simple questions. And I want you to be honest. You don't have to shout them out loud. Think about it on your own. What makes me angry? When or where would it be okay to be angry? In what ways do I tend to misuse anger? Which anger mask do I wear most often? What should I be more angry at and do something about? Anger is not a bad thing. It's neither bad nor good. But it is a problem. 
that some of us think that we don't have an anger problem. So as we get back into worship, I want you to stand and I want you to just ponder these questions. Just think about them. Be honest. Open up our hearts. Open up your hearts and just let God soak through. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, would you just show us our hearts? Would you just give us the opportunity to be humble with ourselves? Help us to be honest and show us, show us where we're at. Show us what we need. God, we just thank you for an opportunity to learn from your word. God, we thank you for who you are and giving us these emotions that are God-given, that are a gift from you, God. Lord, we thank you. And we praise you and we lift this all in your name. Amen.